You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this midweek mock draft episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 goes live Monday the 19th, but you can follow the podcast feed now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I'm still a little under the weather here, so I'm sorry for any lapses in energy throughout today's episode, but I'm very grateful to be here with all of you. And I've got some help for today as well. Our good friend and quarterback expert Chrissy Freud is coming through to talk about two quarterbacks connected to the New Orleans Saints, Kyle Trask and KJ Costello. And She's got a lot to say about both of these guys. But before we get to any of that, let's take a look at our midweek mock draft update over at the Draft Network. The draft of my dreams is on full display as Trevor Sikama adds a second round. And we'll also discuss a pretty cool mock draft based solely on betting odds where the Saints actually land an offensive weapon to open up their draft. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, deputy brand manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host at the Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Kicking off today's episode of Locked on Saints with our midweek mock draft update. Thank you very much, as always, y'all, for being with us, whether it's your first time or your next time. I very, very much appreciate you being here for joining us here on Locked on Saints. So let's go ahead and jump in here. Uh, we'll, st- we'll, we'll start with the Draft Network uh, update real quick, and then we'll jump to this other pretty neat mock draft that I found. Um, but I want to start off here. The Draft Network tends to do you know a mock draft every Monday. We talk about them on Mondays, and then we come back on Wednesday and sort of talk about their midweek update. And with the midweek update here, uh, Trevor Sikama's mock draft, who in the first round he had the state selecting Jeremiah Wusukoromoa at 28, comes back around in the second round and has the Saints selecting wide receiver Kadarius Tony out of Florida. So in the opening, in the intro, I told you that the draft of my dreams is underway with Trevor Sikama here. This is what I mean. You get Jeremiah Wusukoromoa to open up the uh, to open up the draft, and you could replace him with Zayvon Collins if you want to, or or any linebacker that you would like, and then to be able to turn around at pick sixty and then get a star wide receiver in Kadarius Tony who could do just about anything you need him to do. That's a pretty incredible start to your draft, and it also follows the model that the Saints tend to alternate offense and defense, or defense and offense, with their first two selections in a draft. And if I look through and I see, you know, I, I think I immediately sort of had the reaction like, oh, Kadarius Tony dropping all the way to 60. That doesn't make sense. But then I look through and I look at the rest of the draft selection here and, you know, Elijah Moore going before him odds wise makes sense. And that, that actually was a selection to the Patriots. The Patriots tend to take players above other players that you don't think should be taken. Right. That tends to be a thing that they do. Uh, another wide receiver needy team like the Dolphins, they got a little bit of help in the first round, but then they go with linebacker Nick Bolton in the second round. So, And then Terrace Marshall lasts all the way to the Tennessee Titans because of this uh, at 53. And, and so then it's only six selections with the Steelers, Seahawks, Rams, Ravens, and Browns who have all either are all okay at wide receiver or took care of their wide receiver need in the Ravens case 
in the first round. And so here with the Saints being able to land Kadarius Tony, it actually makes sense. So it's very hard at all times to predict the NFL draft. But when you take into consideration what happens during the first round, you take into consideration what's happened in free agency thus far, something like this could happen for the Saints. So I loved seeing this draft to start. And y'all know how big a fan I am of Kadarius Tony. Got to see him play at the Senior Bowl. He was a ton of fun to watch. He's a ton of fun to watch on the field as well as what we've seen so far with him at Florida in just terms of watching him in game. Uh, I think he would be a ton of fun for Sean Payton. And I know Trevor Sikama believes that as well, once calling him objectively hilarious in a Sean Payton system, which I think is a really good way to look at it as well, because you know how petty Sean Payton can be. All right, let's go ahead and jump over to our other NFL mock draft here. This one actually comes by way of a uh, a sports betting website that puts all of the different uh, sports odds from around the internet together, sports betting dimes. So they're not really a a place to go to bet, but they take all of the odds from a bunch of different places and then puts them all together, essentially, and then gives you the avenues to go and bet on them. So Sports Betting Dime did an NFL mock draft first round this morning that released. And this is really great because they took basically a bunch of different props to make up their first round mock draft. So some of the props they used, and this isn't all, but some of the props they did use, uh, odds to be top five or top 10 pick, uh, player position over unders, odds to be the first player taken at each position, and then offense or defense with the first pick for each team. So using those props, as well as several others that include a bunch of other over unders and a bunch of under, other uh, props and odds and things like that, they ended up putting together their first round mock draft and then basing trades on getting players selected at their, at their expected draft position with teams that have a need at that position. So they actually end up having four quarterbacks go right off the top of this one. Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course. Zach Wilson to the Jets, of course. No big surprise there. Mac Jones to the 49ers they have, which just still drives me nuts to this day. But the Denver Broncos trading up to pick four, which pulls the Atlanta Falcons out of range for Kyle Pitts. Very important for Saints fans. And then the Broncos land Justin Fields. What a great get for them. That ends up backing the Atlanta Falcons up to pick nine behind the Carolina Panthers. And they go at Patrick Sertan, which please go select Patrick Sertan all you want. Uh, But for the New Orleans Saints with this one, they actually have the Saints going to wide receiver to open up. So obviously the odds in terms of the prop for uh, offense or defense for the first selection must have been offense for the Saints because they have them going with Terrace Marshall, the wide receiver out of LSU, who also has the, the best odds of being the fifth drafted wide receiver in this draft. And so you have the three early receivers that are going to go Jalen Waddle. Well, Jamar Chase will be the first one off the board and then Jalen Waddle probably. And then uh, Devonta Smith. And then Rashad Bateman went one pick before at 27 to the Baltimore Ravens here at 28. That leaves Terrace Marshall to go to the New Orleans Saints. So very interesting selection there with the Saints being able to get another big piece at the wide receiver position to operate opposite Michael Thomas. So a good selection there. But I just thought it was pretty cool to see the way that they uh that they did their um that they did their mock draft. I'll go ahead and link it in the show description too if you want to look at the rest of it uh, and see what else they had going on across this draft. Uh coming up next, y'all, we're gonna continue to talk a bit more about the NFL draft here on Locked On Saints. We're gonna welcome in our good friend Chrissy Freud, quarterback expert, to talk to us a bit about Kyle Trask and KJ Costello, both of which have been linked to the Saints to some degree or another, and we get a lot of information about both of these quarterbacks who Chrissy has worked very closely with 
So we'll get all of that information to you here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And while you have a moment, go and check out our good friends over at BuiltBar.com to grab yourself a box of the best tasting protein bars ever made, ever made, ever made. These things are actually helping me out quite a bit right now because I don't have the hugest appetite right now while I'm not feeling well. But I want something that I'm going to enjoy and I want something that's not going to like make me feel sluggish as well, like, you know, a, a, a greasy meal or something might, especially when I'm sick as it is. So I've been turning to Built Bars quite a bit over these last couple of days. They're new and improved and even more delicious than ever. 18 amazing flavors, including six brand new flavors, but all the OG flavors that you already know and love as well, including mint brownie, salted caramel. Mint brownie, by the way, the actual, the real champion in terms of best tasting protein bar, not coconut brownie fudge we all coconut brownie chunk or whatever it was mint brownie is the is the goat so that's just i'm just going to get that out there but all of these are also covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew go and check them out builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 so you can get 15 percent off of your next order use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off at builtbar.com All right, y'all rolling right along with another episode of Locked on Saints. In the midst of our midweek mock draft episode, we're going to talk to Chrissy Freud here in just a moment. We want to let you know as well to go and check out the Locked on Today podcast. Get all the sports news that you need in less time with the Locked on Today podcast. Follow Locked on Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, y'all, we are joined today with my good friend Chrissy Freud at Chrissy underscore Freud on Twitter. You can check out all of her phenomenal work covering LSU and Tennessee Titans over at USA Today. And then now also covering quarterbacks over at the Draft Network, a big old series uh, of, of really incredible pieces coming over there. Chrissy, you are always, always so welcome here at Locked on Saints. I appreciate you taking the time to come through. Yeah, I'm happy to be back on. Yeah, no, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about what the the Draft Network series is in terms of the, the quarterback coverage you got going on over there? Yeah, so I kind of like makeshifted my own quarterback series between the LSU website covering SEC guys and then the Titans website because um, we've always got somebody coming in to compete with Logan Woodside at some mm -hmm. point. It always stays the same. It's the same story every single year. But, <laughs> so I, I've covered about seven guys that way before this year. And then the Draft Network brought me on to specifically do that, which was a dream come true for me because, I mean, that's what I've been. I've literally been trying to land myself in that exact role for probably the past four years. Awesome. So mm -hmm. around four years. So they gave me a list of 10 guys. And they're all uh, they're all published now, except except for Zach Wilson, and that one's coming on the nineteenth. So it's it's been really fun just getting. There's not too many people that get to do exactly specifically what they want to do, and mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to literally do exactly what I want to do. That's amazing um, for that network. So it's been it's been great. And the other thing too is that I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily realize like how much more you learn about a quarterback by talking to them. Right. Because I mean, at the end of the day, they're people and mm -hmm. the mental aspect of it and who they are as a person, the mindset that they have is much more make or break than I think a lot of people realize. So it really, as an, as an analyst outside of the, just the on the field stuff, it gives you a feel for these guys who are evaluating to the point that it might even change your mind on some things. That's awesome. That's great. And that's one of the reasons why I love having you here on the show so that we could talk about these quarterbacks. And of course, 
there are the, you know, big name top five quarterbacks that are expected to all go in the first round, potentially even a sixth with some conversation around Davis Mills. But there are also some other quarterbacks out there that we both feel deserve a little bit more attention. We're going to circle around to uh, KJ Costello here in a moment because I know you've done some really great work with him, but we'll save that for as we wrap up. But let's go ahead and talk about another guy, Florida quarterback Kyle Trask. Um, He's somebody that sort of has been getting the short end of the stick a bit in his evaluation. What can you tell us about your experiences in uh, breaking down and learning about Kyle Trask? Yeah, well, I had him as my number two SEC quarterback before the 2020 season. Mm -hmm. I kept him pretty high up there throughout the season, and he kind of just – I liked pretty much everything about him. I mean, it doesn't bring a lot in the mobility aspect, but I've never been someone to really put – Uh, Just a lot of emphasis on mobility because I believe that the quarterback should be a passer uh, first and foremost. And I would rather have somebody who's solid at that than somebody who can kind of move around a little bit. Um, But there toward the end of the season, we see this slide. And the first real, I guess, somewhat bad game that he had came in that LSU game. And I kind of discounted that because... I was there and the fog was so bad. I'm like, if I can barely see what's going on in the field, imagine trying to throw and catch the ball down there. So I kind of just let it, let the things that I saw there go. But then you get down to those two games afterward and it's like, he just continues to slide downward. And whenever I looked back at uh, more of his film and just read up more about him and just watched him a little bit more in depth, because things get so crazy during the season. Like you, obviously you can evaluate players the same in the season, Mm -hmm. We have so much more time and, you notice things you didn't really notice before in the off season when you have time to go back and really look through all this film and some of his lower body mechanics. I think that they kind of impacted him in the deep passing game and just it's, he had just very little ability to evade pressure. And then suddenly we find ourselves with this narrative that he's a complete statue, which I don't think was ever true. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not a guy that's going to, you know, really go buy you some extra yardage or something, but I never really saw him as a statue. Right. But uh, there, I mean, there were a lot of things, uh, decision-making, just stuff like that, that I kind of became a little bit more leery of, which is why he ended up moving all the way down to number 11 Mm -hmm. um, in my rankings for just quarterbacks across the country ahead of the draft. But I think that he proved a lot of us wrong at Pro Day. Uh, I don't really think that Pro Day is something we should put a ton of stock into right. but i mean the, the his drills and stuff they were catered to showing that he did have the ability to get outside the pocket to showing that he did have some of that mobility because i think that sometimes we have these these narratives and they just become more and more extreme to the point that it's no longer even true i think there was some stuff going on with justin fields about about that they just get so far off base and it's not even the same thing anymore uh but i i think that he he did show that and i i asked him about it after uh, pro day and he he basically told me in a nutshell um that he thought that he had shown the scouts that he did have enough mobility that he had the thirst to get out of the pocket and that he could do some stuff with his legs whereas i mean like i said there were so many people that were out there uh before pro day that were saying this guy's a statue which i just hmm. i don't think that's true yeah i i sort of look at kyle trask as being somebody that could be a very very good backup quarterback in the NFL, kind of a Chase Daniel Mm -hmm. type. Am I not giving him enough credit? No, I mean, I think that's a safe, uh, I think whenever we evaluate players, especially at this time, you don't really want to, you know, shoot someone into the stars. You kind of try to avoid uh, doing that too much. And I, I think that that's, 
a pretty decent starting point for him. That's probably the most realistic thing um, at this point. I think that he has the ability uh, to prove people wrong in ways that they didn't necessarily see coming. He's a guy that, I mean, he's been doubted since high school. I mean, he's kind of been second guy up since his early days. And so this is something that he's used to. So he has the right mentality for it. And I don't think that he's really, uh, at least based on what he said, I don't think he's really too bothered by uh, kind of the outside projections. But one thing that that shows you is that as cliche as it sounds, I mean, he'll, he'll hang in there and he'll put in the work and he's made some things happen in some unlikely situations. So I think that backup, is it realistic? Yes. But does he have the potential to maybe go a little bit farther than that? Does he have kind of that surprise factor? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure about it, but I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did better than just, you know, competent backup. All right, then. Well, maybe I need to give him a little bit more credit then. All right. I hear you. So we'll continue on today as we continue on with Chrissy Freud here uh, joining us on today's episode of Locked on Saints. We're going to talk a little KJ Costello here in a moment. Some whispers about some connectivity with the New Orleans Saints, at least meeting with the Saints, things like that. So we'll learn what we can uh, about KJ here with Christy as she gives us the lowdown on the Mississippi State quarterback. We have that coming up for you next here on Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, our good friends over at betonline.ag have a ton going on over at the website. More NFL draft props on the way. Good stuff that you'll get to be a part of. So go and check them out. And of course, before that even comes back around, you've got NBA, you've got NHL, you've got MLB, you've got golf. Well, I guess the Masters just wrapped up, but you know what I mean? Anything that's going on, they're going to have odds on and you're going to be able to put some money down and be able to win some money as well. So go and check them out as they cover even awards, TV shows, and reality TV as well. Props on just about anything you can imagine. They got you covered for all of the news scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And best of all, free to sign up. So head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKED ON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, family, it is a draft-heavy episode here with our midweek mock draft episode, but, you know, it's all getting us ready for the biggest mock draft you can ever imagine, which goes live next Monday, the 19th, and we'll go all the way through the 26th. That's the ultimate mock draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger, as well as all of our local experts for every team making all the trades and picks for the next stars of your favorite team. So check it out over on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Again, that's going live April 19th, just a few days away, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. All right, once again, joined by Chrissy Freud at Chrissy underscore Freud on Twitter, Draft Network, a ton of uh, great work going on over there, USA Today. Chrissy, uh, one of the quarterbacks that we were very excited to talk about, and you know, Kyle Trask was somebody that the Saints had been tied to, the New Orleans Saints also, though, a little bit tied to KJ Costello, the quarterback out of Mississippi State. He's somebody that you've done some extensive work both with and about. What can you tell us about KJ Costello? Well, for one thing, I think that his stealth is underrated because I wasn't expecting to see him at Mississippi State. And he like walked right up on me when I was going through the playbook and I was like, <laughs> stopped to see him because I didn't really I didn't expect for him to be on campus at the same time that I was. But no, um, 
one thing that I preach a lot about is mindset. And there's a, I feel like a lot of people, we want to get hung up on what we see on the field, but I think that the intangibles are just as important as that. And this is a player that has a rare, just absolutely unshakable mindset. I've only found two others like this, and that's Anthony Gordon, who was Mm -hmm. um, Mike Leach's quarterback before this one at Wazoo, and then Joe Burrow. And it's this mindset of without arrogance, just they don't have a chip on their shoulder. They're not coming out with this, this big thing about, oh, I have to go prove everyone wrong or anything like that. It's just like, I'm me, and I know who I am, and I'm confident in that, and you're not going to really... It just, whatever you say is just going to kind of fly over my head sort yeah. of deal. But um, I think that one thing people don't realize is just KJ Costello had a very, very hard job when it comes to Mississippi state. And this is coming from someone who's certified in the air raid offense and right. someone who has <laughs> worked with like, I want to say four Mississippi state quarterbacks now. So this is a place in a scheme that I'm very familiar with. Yeah. Congratulations so on that certification, go, by the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> And so you have a school that's based on the power running game where the quarterback is running the ball almost every single play. Whoa. And then you're transitioning it going a full 180 to the air raid offense where you're throwing the ball basically every single play. So you have this school that is transitioning to a scheme that could not be any more different than the one that it first started with. And then you add COVID to the mix and they have, so what, two months or so to implement this new, uh, this new scheme with a bunch of players. <laughs> There's a bunch, most of the players that are there are used to the old one. And that's the one that they fit best with anyway. And then add on top of that, that the scheme is based on repetition execution. Well, how much repetition can you get to improve your execution whenever you only have that small window of time? So I think Mike Leach is a great coach. Obviously I wouldn't be certified in this offense if I didn't respect it, but it was almost, I wouldn't say set up to fail, but it was under the hardest circumstances that you could be under. And add that to the fact that Mississippi State has, like, I think the second youngest team in the conference. And so you have th- this guy who's a veteran. And mm-hmm. I think that he brings a lot to the table, but he can't be the only one. And so one thing that I noticed is in the LSU game where he set that uh, the the single game passing record for the conference. There you mm-hmm. go. I got all my words mixed up. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. So he goes in there and does that. And then a lot of people want to go, oh, well, LSU secondary just wasn't up to par. Well, did the secondary need work? Well, yes, they did. But here's the other thing that people don't realize is that by four weeks into the season, Mississippi State, their offensive line was, I think, 71st of 77 eligible programs in the nation. You can't have that Yikes. whenever you have a pure pocket factor. I don't care how I don't care how good he is. Right. Um, he's not going to succeed with an offensive line like that. And if you notice, the center alone, who came from LSU in that game, right. uh, he's snapping the ball into his face. He's snapping the ball <laughs> above his head. Uh, this, the offensive line, it wasn't the, their best performance, I didn't think. Um, and then you did have those interceptions in there and you have those interceptions throughout the season. I think that that's something that kind of makes people shy away from KJ so much is just the numbers. They don't uh, look great. But when I went back through that, I'd say roughly half of those intercepted passes, they were catchable balls and it was a a mistake made by the receiver. Mm -hmm. And like I said, just a lot of those errors throughout uh, that offense's performance in the season comes from the fact that this is such a young team. They didn't have a lot of time to, to learn and they didn't have a lot of time to rep this the way that they would have wanted to. And so whenever you're the quarterback, who's a pocket passer behind one of the nation's worst offensive lines, you're going to, you're going to struggle with that. There's no way really around it. But I mean, 
when I look at who KJ Costello is as a quarterback, I look mostly at the junior season at Stanford. Um, mm. He led the Pac-12 in yards per attempt. It was 12th in the nation. Uh, led the Pac-12 in uh, passing efficiency. I want to say it was somewhere around 16th in the mm-hmm. nation. So, and the other thing too, I think that he's shown good adaptability uh, to have performed, to have had some bright moments within that offense because he comes from the West Coast offense, right? which is a very complicated system. And outside of the four verts, you don't even have uh, anything, anything from the air raid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that he has good anticipation on his throws. I think that he hits the wide receivers in stride. Uh, ball placement, generally pretty good. Uh, even down into the tight windows and down the sideline. Um, and I think that for the most part, he throws a catchable ball and he's, he's less mobile than Kyle even. So, yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not going to do anything for you on the ground whatsoever, but I feel like something that people don't maybe give him enough credit for is he can, if you look back to the Stanford film, he can wiggle enough around in there to create some space to throw. Mm. So is he more statuesque than a lot of these guys in the draft? Absolutely. But I, I don't think that it's to the point that it, uh, just severely harms him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's he's a very interesting prospect, and both these guys are very interesting prospects, and it does not surprise me at all to hear the New Orleans Saints in some way or another connected to both of these names as well as other quarterbacks here. Just because they're not the top five quarterbacks doesn't mean that they can't uh, you know draw some attention from NFL teams that are in the quarterback market, and certainly the New Orleans Saints showing that they're willing to be uh, should they need to. Chrissy, we appreciate you as always for coming through and joining us for another episode of Locked on Saints here. Why don't you let the folks know where to follow you and uh, what you got coming up next? Yeah, so it's Chrissy underscore Freud on Twitter. Um, like I said, with the Draft Network, we've got one more story on the quarterback series on Zach Wilson. I'm very excited about that one. I think it's like 3,000 words long, so it took Ooh. me forever to write it, but I'm very, <laughs> very happy with it. Um, and then basically just a bunch of draft coverage um on lsu wire and titans wire and then mm-hmm. i'll be uh redoing those quarterback rankings they won't change very much but i'll be adding a little bit more uh, off-season stuff through the explanations and stuff like that um and then i'll probably be writing something about landing spots and, and projections for sec quarterbacks awesome um, on the lsu site so that's what's coming up all right y'all one more big thank you to our good friend chrissy freud at chrissy underscore freud on twitter for joining us on today's episode of locked on saints talk through some of those quarterbacks we'll be back tomorrow with our top three thursday and our top three thursday is going to be focused on the nfl draft as well we're going to talk about the top three non-first round sean payton era draft uh saints draft selections that's what we're going to go through tomorrow so if you want to get your opinions in early go ahead and hit me up at ross jackson nola on twitter you can drop them at the locked on saints facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash locked on saints all right y'all i appreciate you as always for listening rating reviewing and helping to grow this family you can catch me on twitter at ross jackson n-o-l-a hit me up let me know how the family's doing let me know how you're living let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation i'll holla at you